0: Hey guys, it's Sai, like a sigh of relief, and welcome back to Brown Girl White Coat, the podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. This episode is going to be really exciting because I've gotten so many requests to do an episode on this, and I finally have the time to sit down and give you guys the lowdown on everything BSMD program related. So if you guys don't know, I was in a BSMD program, I went to Baylor undergrad and then I went to, or I currently go to Baylor College of Medicine as part of the Baylor Squared Medical Track Program so, I'm going to be talking about that a little bit and everything I know about that and maybe delving into and talking a little bit more about other programs and what I think about them, what I think about BSMD programs in general. We're going to talk about everything from, you know, being a good applicant to personal statements, interviews, what they're really looking for in my opinion and all of that. So, before we get into today's episode, let's do some highs and lows and maybe a favorite because I just want to catch up with you guys it's been like two weeks since I uploaded an episode and I really just want to sit down and catch up and let you guys know what's going on in my life (laughs) so let's do highs and lows my high has been just getting to spend so much time with my boyfriend my friends and just having a chance to kind of calm down a little bit after the stress and craziness of exams. We also had um, med prom or the ball, the EBSE ball is what we call it here. And I just had this like so much fun with all of my friends. I wore this beautiful blue velvet dress. You guys can see it on my Instagram. I asked my boyfriend to go with me in a very extravagant way and we had such a great time there and just got to dance and just have A wonderful time just celebrating the culmination of all of our efforts there so that was super fun that was definitely a high and now for a low i've just been so freaking unmotivated i've been getting up at like 10 30 in the morning every day and i really just need to get back on my game you know really having a routine is what forces me to be productive go to the gym cook real meals for myself all of that And usually when I'm studying, I'm like, oh man, I don't have enough time to cook myself a real hot meal. And now I have time and I'm just lazy. (laughs) So it's been about four days into break and I already feel like I need something that's going to give me a little bit more routine in my life. So there's that. I can't relax for like two seconds, (laughs) but yeah, I've just been loving getting to spend time chill, not have like somewhere to be at all times or something that's constantly in the back of my head that I have to get done. So that's been really nice and I'm really happy just to be sitting here recording this and putting it up for you guys. So bsmd programs that's a whole thing right it's been requested so many times and people are interested in learning more about it they want to tell their friends that are maybe a little bit younger than them and still have time to apply to these programs um, all about it and see if it's a good idea to do so i'm going to give you guys the lowdown in this episode today but right before we get into it, I have two little announcements. I wanted to talk to you guys again about Pixerize. So Pixarize is sponsoring this episode, but Pixarize is one of my favorite study tools, right? So they have all of these videos that have built-in mnemonics that help you remember things for the long term, seriously. So I've been using them for their genetics videos, for their diabetic drug videos, some other pharmacology videos, cardiology, all of that stuff. So they have mnemonics and uh visual hooks, right? So if you're going to remember that DeGeorge syndrome occurs on uh chromosome 22 you have a little girl in a tutu in the back so that really helps you remember you know what chromosome is it on if you're a visual learner pixarize is seriously the platform for you so they have an mcat platform and a step one platform i highly highly recommend that you guys check out their youtube videos i will put a link in the show notes so go click on that and see if this is the way that you're going to take your studying to the next level. So definitely check that out. And our second announcement for today is definitely make sure you go and rate and review us on Apple podcasts. And I want to take a second and read a new review that we have. So I have gotten a lovely influx of reviews in the past couple days. And thank you guys so much for all of you that are reviewing the podcast. So this review comes from some kind of Brown podcast. So definitely go check out her podcast as well. I just recently connected with her um her title is refreshing and much needed and she writes this podcast is such a good resource not only for people in the medical field but for anyone in a high stress or demanding field that said i do love what Sai shares up about the ups and downs of working in medicine and most importantly how to take care of yourself i love what she is putting out into the world so thank you so much some kind of brown podcast for your review and let's just get into this week's episode right so we're going to be talking about bsmd programs and i've got a lot to say i think people have mixed opinions on these things, right? You know, some people are like, definitely apply, it's going to save you a lot of time, a lot of stress, and some other people are like, do you really know what you want to do in high school to the point where you can commit yourself to eight years of the rest of your life when college is supposed to be such a figuring out kind of time, it's supposed to be a time of transitions and really discovering yourself, so can you really do all of that at the age of 17, 18 in high school. So very debated topic, but I will say I'm a little bit partial because I did complete the Baylor medical track program and I found it to be very beneficial when it came to not having to take the MCAT or having to maintain a slightly lower GPA than what would originally be required of me to, if I had wanted to apply to medical school somewhere else. So let's talk about the things that you should do before applying right so these programs are very they place a heavy emphasis i guess on academics so i'm going to be talking about the baylor program mostly because that's when i know but i will say that a lot of programs are similar to this maybe their gpa and sat act requirements are a little bit different and i will say that you know personalities of programs vary a lot as well but just before you apply, you should really know that in order to be a competitive applicant, you really have to be ahead of the deadlines, one. And two, you have to be of a, a very high academic caliber, I guess, or you have to prove that you've taken enough SAT courses to attain a high score on the SAT, ACT, right? Because that's really all it is. It's a it's a how well can you take tests kind of game here. So Not saying I totally agree with that, but that's just how it works with these programs. So, the Baylor Medical Track, as I'm on the uh, program website right now, it says that they're designed, these programs are designed for high achieving high school seniors who have scored a 1430 or above on the SAT, and that's on the 1600 scale, or 32 or above on the composite ACT. So, those are pretty high statistics, but I think that. Um, I was able to achieve, you know, probably the lower end of those scores, uh, by taking an SAT prep course. It's really that simple. You pay money and they get you your scores because it really is a numbers game. And I recognize the ultimate privilege of, you know, having enough money to spend on your education, but that's really just how the game is played right now. So that's the, the scores that they require. And, uh, they also require a minimum GPA of a 3.7 on a 4.0 scale, or you rank in the top 5% of your high school graduating class. So personally, my class didn't have rankings, but we did have a top 10%. So I think um, I think the GPA thing kind of overtook that. So if you had a 3.7 or higher, you were able to apply for this program and be considered. So uh, the last thing is you're a U.S. citizen or permanent resident, which I don't think is always the case in these programs, but it was for the Baylor program. I was a permanent resident at the time. I was born in India. I had just completed my naturalization process, all of that, like well into college. So um, yeah, I was a permanent resident at the time. So if you are an international student, I don't know how exactly you would go about applying for these programs or if you even could. And as I'm reading more into it, I think that's really sad personally, but it's just the rules, I guess. So um, not exactly sure what the other programs look like. Maybe there are some other programs that would accept international students or graduates so basically what you do what i would suggest rather is you find out these things about the program what their sat act gpa all of the requirements are and what things you fulfill so then you make a list of all the programs that you have the stats to apply for and you make a spreadsheet of maybe 10 12 programs that you're interested in applying to and you create little columns of when their deadlines are when do you have to get your application in What things you have to include in your application, whether this be, you know, two or three recommendation letters, whether this be a personal statement, things you still have to work on, um, whether you have to send out, you know, recommendations through like a website, whether you have to do it by hand, things like that, you know, include all of the links in your spreadsheet. And then on top of that, include another little column that's really specific things that you've researched about the school and maybe a little area where you can consolidate the personality of the school. So when I talk about personality of the school, it's essentially, or personality of the program rather, it's essentially what are they emphasizing? You can discover what the quote unquote personality is through their website, their pamphlets, their flyers, all of that. So are they really academic minded? Are they going to appreciate the fact that you have a 36 ACT, but maybe you spent all your time on that and you haven't done any volunteer work? Um, are they going to appreciate the fact that you have taken an interest in research from an early age and you're really interested in research and that's what you want to do. You want to do MD, PhD or something like that. So definitely research the program because you want to find out a place that you would be a good fit and you want the program to believe that you will matriculate. That's kind of their goal in all of this. They don't want people dropping out of the program. So you want to make sure that it's a good fit for you that you can see yourself going there, that you will fit in there essentially. So definitely discover what words they like. There's always like, you know, a group of words like resilience or persistence or drive things that the program really emphasizes on their website. And you want to make sure that your application, your personal statement, all of that reflect the values of the school as well. So especially when the questions on the application ask something more particular, Like, why are you a good fit for the Baylor program? I would, you know, go really in depth and research, you know, why do I think this is a good fit? Do they have, um, you know, study abroad programs? Do they have volunteer missions that I could get really involved in that I could see myself being a part of? So you really have to delve deep. You have to be very specific. If there's a professor that you think, you know, I could have this person be my mentor and I could start... This sort of program with them to benefit the school and benefit the program, then that's what you need to say very, very specifically. Um, Even like mention people's names and maybe their accolades and why you think that they would be a great mentor for you and why that's such a selling point of the school. So I think those things are very important and definitely include that sort of thing on your spreadsheet if that's something you decide to make. I personally had one just because the deadlines were so many and they were so hard to remember everything because you know the interview days would sometimes coincide with each other and that means I had to you know make the choice one school versus another or maybe I had a really big test and I couldn't attend the interview day and you know I had to make some hard choices there so definitely have everything laid out on a spreadsheet and that'll be really helpful for you guys. So with a quick and easy search on Student Doctor Network, I was able to find a bunch of programs and things that you know people had said about each program, what the personality of the program was, all of that. You can find that information on Student Doctor Network really easily. And I think you can, oh yeah, I would definitely have another little block on your spreadsheet for what their GPA and MCAT requirements are once you're already in the program. Because I think that that can be an important deciding factor. If you get accepted, you know, one or two different places, then you can decide, you know, this, this school definitely requires a much lower MCAT and I like them both equally and that can be a deciding factor for you. Um, so definitely write that down so you can kind of compare and contrast those, uh, those selling points as well. There's also certain programs that are six years or seven years or eight years. So mine was eight years, there was no option to graduate early, but I know that um, my sister was personally in a, uh, seven or eight year program at Ohio state and they actually got rid of that program, but there's definitely some where there's more flexibility. There's somewhere it's definitely six years like, uh, UMKC or is that what it is? Or UKMC? UKMC? I'm not exactly sure what the the college is. It's the one that's in Missouri with university of Kansas as well. So, um, that one's definitely six years. And then there's also Neomad, which is six years. So, You definitely want to make sure that you know which one you prefer. I personally wanted to have that grand college experience, you know, living in the dorms, D1 football, sororities, fraternities. Not that I even joined one, but I just liked that whole aspect of college. I wanted something where I could get really involved in community and groups on campus. So yeah, Baylor was just a really good fit for me in terms of that. Definitely make sure you know what you want to do. I would have totally done a six-year program had I not really emphasized or thought that you know the whole college experience was like so worthwhile to me or anything like that six years is a really short amount of time you do two years of undergrad four years of med school so definitely make your decision based on what you think is important what you emphasize about college whether you just want to get her done and you know go right to med school you just want to be a doctor already I think the six-year combined programs are a lovely way to do that especially if you can If you see yourself staying on top of all of the coursework necessary. I will also say that while Student Doctor Network is a good place to find information about certain programs and certain people that have gotten in and what their statistics are, all of that, it's a rabbit hole that you do not want to go down too deeply at all. People will write on there like, you know, I cured cancer and I have a 4.0 and I have a, you know, 1600 SAT, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I have, you know, 1B plus, will I still get in? So just don't get too muddled with all of that um, and just, you know, use it as an information resource just because one person got in and, you know, you have lower statistics in them doesn't mean that you're not going to have a chance Uh, For me, I was definitely on the lower end of what was required to apply for these programs. But I think that because Baylor really valued, you know, having a diverse class, having, um, and by diverse, I don't mean racially, by diverse, I mean, they really cared that the six students that were accepted into their program brought something different to the table. And I think I fulfilled that requirement of bringing something a little bit different that I was a good fit for Baylor. Um, But there are definitely some other schools that, Required, you know, extensive research as a high schooler, and I just didn't, you know, fit the bill in terms of that. So, people are looking for different things. That's the short, the short version of it. And I think that during interviews and all of that, once you get your foot in the door, that's when you really shine and you make that difference of, you know, wh- whether they can see you fitting in there. You really get to, you know, sell yourself at those interviews. So, uh, don't get too bogged down. Um, by seeing what you see on Student Doctor Network. That's just a little PSA for all of those people that that get uh, sad about that, because I definitely did at the time. <laughs> so some programs that were kind of uh, at the top of my list were the Neomed program. I was curious about the six years. Um, I would have been, you know, four-ish hours away from home, and it would have been a good way to kind of transition into college life, all of that. Um, it was pretty competitive, but it was kind of a backup decision for me before I got into Baylor. I was almost sure I would go to Neomed. It was just, you know, it worked out. And then I also had Brown's program at the top of my list, uh, PLME, I think the program was. And I just loved Brown's liberal arts education. They were, honestly, it was a dream going to school in the Northeast, going to an Ivy League. It would have just been the dream. So those two were at the top of my list. Then I got into Baylor And I came and interviewed, saw the beautiful, beautiful campus, the green and gold, the D1 football, the dorms were just great. The 85 degree weather when everywhere else I was interviewing was freezing cold at the time and I just fell in love with it and it turned out to be a good fit for me. But, you know, the the other programs that I applied to included Boston, Case Western, um, Pitt, and Drexel, I think, and then the other three. So I think I applied to maybe seven or eight programs. Um, So definitely broaden your horizons. There's so many programs in different states. You might not even think, you know, I want to go out of state for a program, but maybe they have a really amazing medical school. Maybe they have great research opportunities, community service, volunteer trips, all of that. So definitely broaden your horizons when it comes to deciding where exactly to apply. And I think you'll find that that's the best um, approach to have an open mind. Other programs that I can just list off right now, um, there's the Northwestern, HPME. There's um, TCNJ to NJMS. There's, what else? Oh, I think there was the SUNY uh, North State, Downstate, SUNY Downstate, Brooklyn slash SUNY Downstate. Um, There was... Uh, Rice to Baylor—that was essentially the same program as mine. But you did your four years of undergrad at Rice University in Houston. There was the St. Bonaventure to George Washington. There was Penn State. There was RPI to AMC. I think oof, Albany Medical College. I think is AMC. Uh, there was Fordham. Uh, I think Fordham just had a just had a program starting up when I when I was um, applying. So there's so many programs and I think that it's well worth your time to do a bunch of research, figure out which ones seem even remotely interesting to you and put them into a little spreadsheet. So let's talk about what these programs are actually looking for. You've got the grades, let's say, you are qualified to even apply for these programs. And I think the top, top priority for you now, say you're you know a sophomore, a junior in high school The top priority for you is clinical experiences, hands down. So the point of the interviews when you're going to interview for a BSMD program is to prove to these qualified physicians and admissions committee people that at the age of 17, 18, you are able to confidently say that you want to become a physician and it's for the right reasons. It's to prove your maturity that, you know, you... You can take these decisions by yourself if you know what you want to do. Their main goal is to have you matriculate you know, out into the program and into medical school. So they want to make sure that you are 100% and that you have thought about this, that you have well-reasoned and sound arguments or views on becoming a doctor. A lot of the questions I got during my interviews were, how can you be so sure? You're so young. What else would you rather do? Have you considered any other career options? So... I think they were really trying to make sure that this is what you wanted to do so that obviously they want their numbers to stay high of people that actually matriculate. So you definitely want to show them through these clinical experiences that you've explored other things and you've explored what life is really going to be like as a physician and you like it and you want it and you will do anything for it essentially. So clinical experiences can be anything from working in a hospital to even actually i'm not sure if this is totally considered a clinical experience on the application or not but even just working at a senior senior care center and being passionate about caring for older adults and maybe older adults with disabilities or other underserved populations i think paints an an extremely great light upon you that you've considered the kinds of populations that you might want to help as a physician so Hey guys, just popping in really quick to tell you about Pixarize and their step one and MCAT video platforms. So I'm so excited to be working with Pixarize on this episode and some of the other ones I've done. And you guys know that I just absolutely love them. So they have an MCAT platform where they have really awesome visual memory hooks on things like germ layer derivatives mechanoreceptors cell junctions protein structure i know some of these things are things i remember for exams and then i regurgitate and then i just forget them long term but with these awesome visual memory hooks you're going to seriously remember them for a long time it's really going to stick so if you guys are interested in learning more about pixarize and seeing if their videos are going to be helpful for you and help you really remember things on the day of your exam definitely check out the show notes i'm going to link pixarize's uh, full website there as well as a link where you can get a free subscription to their mcat platform and i don't know exactly how long this lasts for so definitely as soon as you hear this as soon as you see it on my instagram click on it and sign up so you can get a free subscription so now back to the episode clinical experiences people. I think that's the main thing if you can take away from this podcast episode is get yourself involved in these clinical experiences right away. This can also include things like research. There's programs that are totally research focused, right? Um, I personally did not get accepted to things that were totally research focused, but I did want to reach out and have that experience. What I did was I just reached out to a lab that was really close to my house and I just asked if I could come in their shadow, just learn what they're doing, learn the procedures, the process of research, maybe just clean some equipment for them. And I think at one point I was doing PCRs for them and I, I don't know why, but we were doing them by hand. There was not like a little uh, thermo machine or whatever it's called. So we were doing uh i was like moving little tubes from the ice bath into you know the warm water all of that so um i think that gave me a little bit of experience it was better than nothing you know i learned the scientific method i was not on anyone's project in particular because i was in high school i really didn't have the experience but i was able to learn the workings of a lab i was able to learn you know how to form a hypothesis and just talk about some research you know and i think it was a good experience to have that as, you know, in my back pocket. And it it helped me realize what kind of research I would want to do in the future as a physician even. So if I suggest anything to you, um, it would be to get involved in some sort of research like that, just so you can show the school that you are interested, you know how to seek out these opportunities for yourself as well. So I think that's really important as well as those clinical experiences and you know everyone's going to volunteer in a hospital right but you want to be the volunteer that started something at your hospital right maybe you see a need for something maybe you see there's a way to fast track a certain process or maybe deliver specimens to the right place in a more quick and efficient way or maybe you start a program that plays music for patients every sunday something like that You need to show that you are not only checking those boxes off by, you know, volunteering at a hospital. Sure. But you are taking it to the next level to, to make processes and programs better for patients, right? You're, you're working at a macro level to fix things for people at the patient level. If that makes sense, you're, you're wanting to instill big change is what I'm saying essentially. So that's much more worthwhile. That's, much more talkable, right? Like you can talk about how you improve things for tons of patients at this hospital by, you know, instilling a music program or you uh, deliver a small thing to their, their, their patient rooms or you work closely with another division in the hospital. So these are just random ideas I'm throwing out there. But I think that instilling big change or doing something with your position, right? You don't want to just volunteer to check the box off. You want to help people, right? Like that's why you're getting into this field. So you want to change things and help people for the better, um, on a, on a macro level. So I think that's important. And I think that that's something great to show because they know that you're a passionate person. If you've done something like that, and that'll carry out throughout undergrad and throughout medical school, and then you'll make their schools look good eventually. So everyone's in it for themselves really, but (laughs) you just want to, you want to sell yourself as the person that'll make that school look good in the future for sure. So say you've got all of these clinical experiences now, and it comes time to writing your personal statement and talking about these experiences after completing everything. So I have read so many personal statements in my life, right? I've written so many, I've read Friends, I've read randoms that just send them to my email. Absolutely love doing that, by the way. You should totally send me them at Cyber on Instagram. Um, but there's a common thread to the personal statements that are good, right? That are just amazing to read are the ones that show instead of telling. We all know that that's what you're supposed to do. Um, and I don't know how much I can really offer in terms of personal statements, like that are just general advice. Um, if you would like me to read your personal statement, I will totally do that for you while I'm free over the holiday break, but I think a personal statement should be personal, right? You're not going to tell people I did this. I did that things they can just read from your resume. You're going to tell them how you felt. You're going to show them that you're a dang good person, um, that loves to help people but you can't just say i want to help people right you need to show them an experience that you've had and to have something to write about you're gonna have to have these experiences so those go really hand in hand and a personal statement should always be showing instead of telling so you're gonna set up the room you're gonna set up the what things looked like what things smelled like what you felt walking into the certain situation and at the very end There might be some telling. You might tell them, you know, what exactly you learned from this experience or something like that. So if you need more help, if you need more advice on your own personal statement, I would love to hear it. I would love to help you guys out. So definitely send them my way. So now you've written your personal statement, you've gotten an interview call. So the way it worked for the program at Baylor was that there were two specific interview days so the first interview day was at the undergrad campus in waco texas and the second one was at baylor college of medicine in houston and the first one was very much lower key kind of interview day they kind of schmoozed us they gave us lunch they showed us around we got to see the campus just totally fall in love with it right and then you almost forget that there's a second interview day and you start to imagine yourself at the school, you start to imagine yourself in the dorms and eating at the dining halls, all of that. So, and then you forget there's a second interview day and, you know, not everyone's going to be able to uh, get into the program and actually go to the school. So the first interview that I had at Baylor was with a faculty member that was in charge of another program at the undergrad. And this person just talked about the program for a very, very long time. The This particular program that they are in charge of. So I really didn't get a chance to get even a single word in about myself. And I thought that that interview went so awfully because this person just tried to convince me to join their program whenever I get to Baylor. And I didn't have a chance to sell myself at all. So I thought it went awful. And then I had another interview, I think, with someone who is really interested in like humanitarian efforts and I really connected with her as a person and I think that one went relatively well so I had no idea that you know I was going to get called back for another interview or not I think it went from you know over 2,000 applicants to about a hundred getting interviews and then after that only 16 were called to the final interviews at BCM and so the interviews at BCM my first one I think was with a physician slash faculty member that worked there and then my second one was with a ms3 student so that was a very interesting interview that was actually the interview that i uh sang during the interview um he had read that i was a singer on my application and i was given the chance to sing for my life essentially so I was like, I'm so glad I warmed up in the car a little bit before this. So it was really fun. Um, He played like a karaoke track and I just literally sung my heart out. And I think that that was honestly the deciding factor. It wasn't the fact that, you know, I could have been bad at singing, but it was the fact that I was really open and willing to just do whatever and to show off my talents a little bit. And I think I proved that I was a bit of a different applicant in that moment. So in my opinion, that that's what Baylor was looking for. Um, they were looking for a diverse group of six people to accept into their program that each brought something different and unique to the table. And that's what I brought to the table was, you know, being a self-starter, making opportunities for myself, showcasing my talents—you know, being driven and passionate about the field of medicine—but also so many other things, and being passionate about people as well. So, I think that was a great strength of mine. And Baylor was not super, super academic-minded; they were not super, super research-based or anything like that in terms of the program. But I think they were—they were really looking for people who brought a diversity of thought um, to their program. So. The interviews, what I'm trying to say, is they can be as daunting or as wonderful as you let them be. Um, I personally didn't do a whole lot to prepare for my interviews, and if you're interested, I do have this whole episode on medical school interviewing that i did with at sully the doc on instagram um, so that's just a few episodes before this one and we delved into interviews so deeply and talked about you know all of the crazy interview questions things that can be curveballs so if you're interested in that more specifically definitely go listen to that episode but basically my interviews were I would say relatively standard. They ask you a lot of questions that are trying to delve more into your personality more than anything. Um, They know that you're a high achieving individual at this point. They know what your accolades are and you already have your foot in the door and they already have somewhat of a semblance of who they want to be in the program. And they want to make sure that you are who you say you are, that you speak clearly, that you communicate effectively that they can see you being a good fit into their program. And so I think that the interviews were a great part of my success getting into one of these programs, because I was able to kind of like show my personality off a little bit more. And I think that I'm definitely a way more interesting person than I come off as, you know, on paper. So I think that was really fun. I was able to, you know, have conversations with these interviewers. It's not just like a, you know, they talk, you answer, sort of thing. It can be turned into a conversation, and it that makes it way more worthwhile for the interviewer as well. They get a good, a better perspective of what your personality is really like. So, the interviews are—I don't know if I'd say they're make or break, but I think that if if they were, if you were kind of on the fence uh, for them, but your interview just went spectacularly, and people really liked you and gave you good remarks and all of that i think that the interview could definitely be a great plus on your application so in terms of preparation for the interview i really tried not to over prepare i read over my resume i knew my resume front and back just in case they ever asked any questions about things like research or uh certain volunteer things that i had done i knew you know the name of the place i knew how long i had said i volunteered there i knew the dates Um, just in case, you know, they tried to ask me any questions. I knew, you know, everything that I had put out there. Um, and then in terms of preparation, I probably just had kind of set talking points prepared for the main questions. Like, why do you want to be a doctor? Why do you want to go to our school? Uh, why BSMD? Things like that. That's the only thing I really had a prepared answer for. But other than that, I mostly just wung it, winged it, (laughs) um, so I think it's actually detriment, detrimental. Detrimental to uh, over prepare. Rather, I think that you can sound very rehearsed, and that comes off as almost ingenuine, like you're not thinking about the questions they're going to answer. They're going to ask you because you already have your answers in your head. So definitely don't over prepare, but. I would do like a mock interview with a friend if that's something that you guys are into. If you guys are both applying, that's what Sully suggested, I think, on the podcast that we did together. So definitely prepare, but I don't think you need to really have any like outside resources or anything. I would just really know what you put on your resume. They already like you. They already like what you put on your resume. And maybe just throw around some practice questions with friends and i think that's about it and then just have a few talking points ready for those main questions and before you go to an interview like the night before the morning of definitely research the school and know like what their vibe is what their personality is if you have people that you know that go to that school it would definitely be worthwhile to ask them what they think of the program what they think of the school what the school really likes to emphasize what specific programs there are that you could possibly get involved in. Maybe you could mention them during your interview. If it comes up naturally, you could mention, you know, whenever I get here, whenever I plan on coming here, I plan to get involved in such and such committee or get involved in such and such study abroad program. I think it's really unique. It's different from other schools. Uh, Yeah, find that one thing that's like a little bit different from the other schools that that school offers. Uh, Make them feel special, you know. So I think that's really important. And I think that actually brings us to the end of what advice I can personally offer about BSMD programs and what they're like, the application process, all of that. So I hope this has been somewhat helpful to you guys. If you have any further questions, I'm always reachable on my Instagram at cyber or at brown girl, white coat pod. But I also wanted to quickly talk about what I personally thought about BSMD programs. And why I think it was either a good idea or a bad idea or why it can be so debatable or controversial. So getting started in a BSMD program was a lovely choice for me because I thought, you know, I really wanted to do medicine. And I think it was one of the most easy streamlined ways to go about doing that. Um, I found great success in it. I matriculated into medical school. Uh, I didn't have to take the MCAT. I thought it was a great deal, you know, just maintain a three, five GPA, which is what it was for Baylor and you get to matriculate. So I thought that was a great deal. And the reason why it's so debatable is because people are like, you know, you're only 17, 18 years old. How could you possibly know what you would do with the rest of your life? And college is supposed to be this exploratory time for people. So, um, It really does put you in a bit of a box and I definitely had those moments in college where I was like am I doing the right thing? Am I really in this? Like I have to do this for eight more years of schooling and am I really sure that this is something I want to do? Obviously I had those times but it was way more often that I was affirmed in my decision to go into medicine than it was that I was shaken up a little bit. You know organic chemistry is hard and there were definitely times when I was like, am I really cut out for this? There were weed out classes that despite not having to really apply to medical school in the future, I was like, am I really being weeded out by this course right now? And did I make the right decision? Or times when I just wanted to switch my major and I was like, well, if I'm this much interested or if I'm this interested in, you know, something like sociology, could that be a career path for me? And Obviously, it's not binding. We had quite a few people leave the program in the middle of it just to, you know, pursue a different career path that was more um, along the lines of what they wanted to do for the rest of their lives. So it's really not binding. But I think that if medicine is where your heart is and medicine is what you see yourself doing, I think it's going to make you the same kind of physician as if you would have, you know, complete a regular program and applied to medical school the old fashioned way and all of that. So I don't think there's any cons to it. If you don't put yourself in a box, I think that college can still be an exploratory time. I explored like so many majors. I explored so many majors and changed my major so many times. And I think that I found myself in college just the same way. I discovered uh, different aspects of my love for medicine and I was able to really flourish. So I might be a little bit biased because I had such a good experience with the program but there's there's cons to it too for for a lot of people that might not be so sure and they might still be on the fence doesn't really give you a good chance to explore but if you're looking for you know a streamlined way to do it a slightly less stressful way to do it then i think that bsmd programs are definitely the way to go and there's no harm in trying right especially if you are financially blessed there's no harm in trying out for these things you know There is a great cost, a great burden of cost when it comes to paying for flights and paying for interviews, paying for hotels, Um, but in the long run, I think that if you are well off and you have the privilege of paying for these things, you will see that there is great benefit to it. So in short, that is the end of the episode on BSMD programs. Definitely let me know if you have any more questions and don't forget to follow and like us and rate us and everything. You can follow on Spotify and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps me out. And you can reach me on Instagram at Cyber or at Brown Girl White Coat Pod if you have any more questions that I can help you answer personally about BSMD programs or anything else. Um, And look forward to a new episode, new episodes of season two of Brown Girl White Coat coming to you in the new year in 2020. So thank you guys so much for an amazing year of podcasting and just building this community and your guys' support has been just amazing so thank you so much i hope this episode was somewhat helpful to you guys that are interested in applying and let's have a great new year guys um is it cliche to say i love you so much is that weird i don't know i feel like that's such a like youtuber thing to say but i truly love everyone that has like dm'd me kept in contact with me and i'm just so excited to see what kind of doctors you guys end up being and see you guys succeed and just flourish and i'm so happy that we can kind of all do it together throughout this little platform so definitely dm me i love hearing from you guys and i have a little bit more time as the holidays start so I love you so much and stay warm stay blessed with your families and just have a wonderful time and i'll see you guys in 2020 Oh, yeah. yeah.